When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Oh, I'm so disappointed, Tom. I'm so disappointed. To I... see me put my sunglasses away until next May? <laughs> no? Okay. It's not. It's sunny. Oh, okay. Sun. Pardon me. Sun. Yeah, there you it's go. Sun. Right. Hello, everybody. I'm Don McDonald. I'll tell you why I'm disappointed in a minute. That's Tom Cock. This is talking real money. It's Maybe a... the shorts? Because that. Okay. That's a frightening thought. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. That... Sorry about that. Do you realize it's like 68 degrees ah, out finally, there? Finally, sweet relief. I'm so happy. The heat is back for oh, you. Isn't it? Exactly. Oh. Uh, do you have a problem... Tom does. No. Do you have a, but th- a pro- this isn't that long problem? of a show. Sorry. Uh, we're not going to go into that. Yeah. Do you have a problem with uh, investing or money? If you made some mistakes in your investment portfolio, I bet you have. And it's not fun to admit that we make mistakes. It really, it, we we like to avoid that if possible. Bury them. Bury those yeah. things. Uh, and we also don't like to admit that the people with whom we've been doing business are or anything other than wow, they're just and such if you're gonna nice call guys. and say they're really nice and they're friends, no, you should, wait till you, late ahead. in the second hour. No, go ahead and do that, okay. and then we'll because they're we'll all agree really nice. We will agree; they're all, right. all yeah, nice. They are, so. but off times, off times, more off times than not times. These people are not doing what's best for you, and that is why we do what we do. We try to help you find the the, the better ways to invest, and there are better ways. They're simpler, they're saner, they're in many cases much safer, they're less expensive. I don't know why most of us do the things we do with I'll our I'll tell dough. you why, because we had a meeting this week with somebody that uh, that told us why. It's perfect. This is, a, this is somebody who may work for us, and that, what did she say she said she bought something a long time ago from somebody you probably don't remember this and why she did it because it was a friend and she has ne- she never looks at the statement she never made a change because it's that's the default that's where my money is and i just never got up in the morning and said i gotta fix this the default yeah shouldn't the default though be the very best you can possibly do based yeah. on the information that we have available to us as human beings Yes. Yeah. Okay. I got an email this morning. Yes. And I'm disappointed. It's a it's a group you and I know well. Oh. The American Association of Individual Investors. We do indeed. We've spoken I'm, there many times. I'm tempted to change to suggest they Uh-oh. change the name of their organization to the American Anything for a Buck Association of Individual Investors. Now, in fairness, I don't think the club makes anything. No, the organization nationally. Now, I'm not talking about the local AAII. Yeah, because we've spoken. I'm talking there, about yeah. AAII nationally. I got an email from yeah. them what today. Are they, and they're actually pitching something? Yeah. No. And it really irks me. Mm. Ready? They shouldn't be doing that, by the way, but go ahead. Oh, they're trying to make a buck. Okay. Our four superstar investors have beat the market by nearly 57%. Please allow them to guide you to a worry-free retirement by the way is worry-free having somebody beating the market no that actually and they're saying they're they're in this i'm not going to read you the whole thing but they're basically saying they're beating the market with less risk 
because they're such brilliant stock pickers. They're such brilliant stock pickers. And why just use one or two of the most oh, brilliant? Oh, get the four. They're going to give you 60, actually. Oh, 60. 60. Oh, well. 60 proven superstar <laughs> stock pickers. And you can save money. It's only $150 a year. And then How you can get they the get secrets. away? Uh, this, this bothers me. I don't even know. Uh, uh, we'll come back and talk more Please about do. this. We really should. I'm Don McDonald. That's Tom Cobb. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first. Our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand and the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Advertisements like this one just infuriate me because they imply that there is a secret, that there is a magical formula out there that allows regular investors to beat the market by substantial margins if only you had the secret. And the fact that they can post this stuff. If, if, if someone is a registered investment advisor, you can't say stuff like this without backing it up with tons and tons and tons of disclaimers and disclosures. Whereas this magazine, this newsletter can do it with impunity. And it's coming from an, a group like AAII that I think has to work at a, at a higher level, live up to a higher standard. Because the because the people They're assume because it's not for profit right. company or not for profit organization, I should I should trust the information I'm receiving from them and when I go to their meetings. And yet this thing, this 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 solicitation sounds like all the crap you get yeah. from all the typical people out there. It's just garbage. It's unadulterated garbage. And they there's no way that they could have vetted these numbers and come up with these actual numbers. For example, they're saying they use one of their superstars is John Neff's strategy. John Neff retired from Vanguard Windsor Fund back in 1995. He's 81 years old. Now, John Neff. Vanguard was a- is the largest purveyor of mutual funds in right. the world. Windsor has been around for a very, that's an actively managed fund that primarily owns large U.S. companies. Large U.S. value. Yeah, large value. Large U.S. value. And it's been around forever. Yeah, Yeah. I don't even. So by the way, when you can, here's a a starting point. When you compare the return of that to the S&P 500, that's not a fair comparison because the S&P is not a value 
portfolio. In other words, value companies are those that are have been beaten down by investors. They, the accountants would expect the price to go up to meet mm-hmm. to meet what the company is worth if you took all the assets and added that number up. That's a value firm generally. Yeah. What's interesting is that the their numbers. You can't independently verify those numbers. No, I cannot go out and say, no. "Oh, John Neff's strategy did 299 Because you have to go back and better. look at every trade every day, et cetera. I, I, no. That that information is not available no. to us. Correct. Uh, it's not available to anybody. So you can't verify their claim that he is that his strategy. And they're saying his strategy. They're not actually saying John Him, Neff. Right. His strategy yep. has beaten the S and P 500 over the past 15 years by 299 percent. What's interesting to note, though, is you would think that Vanguard would try to get someone pretty close to as good as John Neff to take over for him after John left. But I don't have the 15-year track record for John Neff to 95. I I probably could get it, but I don't have it at my fingertips. From 1980 to, to 1995. Okay. Yeah, I could probably find it. But I just looked at their 15-year track record right now for Vanguard Windsor. Going back to 2002? Yeah. Vanguard Windsor has underperformed the S&P 500. Which we would expect, by the way, because large growth companies have done better than value for a very long period of time. Yeah, undervalued means undervalued assets. Growth companies means yeah. rising earnings, basically. Okay, yeah, that's a good way to put it. They, uh, But for them to make these claims, and they're going to sell, because AAII oh, yeah. has a lot of members, they're going to sell thousands and thousands of memberships at $149 a pop. And then, then they go on to say, and this stuff just makes me angry, and I want to share it with you. They go on, and I just skipped right past it. They, they why, why does this do so well, they say? Um, because of AAII, they basically even Wait a minute, throw they, that. They've in. done well because of AAII. Yeah, I'm gonna. I gotta find that. Uh, that well, line. and and by the way, if you're a member who's aware of this, we'd love to talk to you about this. You can call us. And we'd love to chat about this great stock picking prowess. I mean, my issue with AAII overall is it's the idea of the month. The meetings are designed to bring in people that will tell you if your money is doing poorly over here you need to move it to this strategy and this is new this is hot and this is why you need to buy it that's been my struggle in the very long term with aaii here's the quote yeah ssr which is the stock superstar report that's their little abbreviation for it has outperformed the market because only the american association of individual investors has the resources to continually test a universe of over six stock investment strategies until we settle on a select group of just four significantly diverse superstar approaches with a proven track record during both bull and bear markets this is something we were going to talk about anyway today what is a proven track record of performance what are you looking at when you look at this track record tom well I, i'm i'm a little lost well, as what to are you the question at? What are you looking at? What When you try to measure someone's performance, what are you looking at? You can only look at one thing, their past performance. Yeah, we don't know what it'll do on Monday forward. Right. Yeah. So you're looking back. Yes. Now, I can find dozens of studies that have shown that the best performing strategies of the past are often not the best performing strategies in the future. Oh, we could show more than dozens, by yeah. the way. <laughs> There's a whole lot. Uh, to- I mean, one of them showed that, what, one of them from Dimensional Funds showed, I believe it was 70% of the winners for the past five years were the losers or out of business in the next five years. Uh, and by the way, if you don't, number. and you can go look at mutual funds, the number of mutual funds that survive for 15 years is it's less than half i think it's a because so many people have an idea they try it it does not work 
And they're implying, you see, the, the implication of that paragraph is that we're going to find the four managers who did really well in the past. Yep. And you should use them in the future. Why? Why does what they did in the past have any any bearing on what they did in the future. Well, okay, so but take that one step further. What do you trust then? You can't trust a track record. Okay. You cannot trust but, but a track record. I, I, we trust a track record. <sighs> we don't trust markets. a track record. Well, we we use one. We use it to as uh, for illustrative purposes only, never to say you should expect this. No, because you don't know what They're to expect. They're kind of saying you you can yeah. expect this because these guys are so brilliant that they know things that no one else can know. Well, and I think it's kind of silly for AAII to say they're the only people that could do this kind of analysis when there are probably thousands of firms doing this kind of every single day. Very large mutual fund. I mean, there's all kinds of people in this business that spend untold billions to find the best manager. Yeah. And and the thing I get, I feel, it, this is just another cheap, it sounds exactly. Tawdry, it sounds exactly like the other ones in your inbox that you read all the time. Attempts to get you to give them your money. And yeah. I think, I got to tell you, AAII folks, I think that just absolutely stinks. And if any of you follow this, I think you're foolish. I really do believe you're foolish. By the way, you said, what? because I, I kind of put you on the spot, what do we trust? I, I actually do, to some extent, trust widely diversified market behavior for a long period of time. Yeah, I, I trust, yeah but that's it, not it, trusting someone that's completely, to do something. That's what I was getting to that. That's completely different than saying Don McDonald's picked the best 10 stocks for the last five years. Hire him for the next 10. And in the spirit of both humility and uh, stupidity and, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, – I'm going to expose all of my 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 stupidity here for you to all of you. Not all. There of was it, a by time. The way. No, a little bit of it. There was a time when I actually thought if you did great research, yeah, you could pick great stocks. I I believed that. Interesting thing was is I, should we I, lash you now or I later? I was proven wrong personally. Okay. And you know they go through and they say if Warren Buffett was handpicking your stocks. You'd make money. If Peter Lynch was picking your stocks, you'd make money. If Martin Zweig was picking your stocks, Ben Graham, dead. Uh, but, for example, even Peter Lynch. If you ask Peter Lynch today, hey, Peter, what system should I use to pick stocks? He would tell you there is no Well, he'd tell system. you use an index mutual fund. He's That's actually, the system. I've got yeah. that. And, I've, by the way, Warren Buffett would say. The same thing. Yeah, use an index fund because. Yeah. He knows, he's smart enough to know there was a lot of randomness in his picks. There was also the fact that he, if we really want to get into his track record, which the last 15 years has been beaten by large value companies in the U.S., but if you want to get into it, he's had certain advantages over most of a lot of money, for one thing, running companies. Right. I mean, it's kind of that's, different than just being folks, a passive investor. Ladies, so, gentlemen, that's the it's, difference. That's uh, horrible. That's the difference. If by chance you'd like to see a scientific approach learn a more scientific approach to investing we are getting now into our class season again we're doing the first lunch ed in ages because we just now got our new uh oh i thought somebody center. had said we had class okay no so. we're we're, we're going to be uh creating classes ah, for got it okay yeah and our first lunch ed class is coming up in just like less than two weeks yep 
August 23rd in, in our new education center. Fantastic. So it's a one-hour class. You get lunch, so you can take a lunch break, come to the class, get a great education. I mean, great education. You're going to hear from Nobel Prize winners. Actually, hear the words come from their mouths on what works. Uh, and uh, you'll understand what what we believe and why we believe that most of this garbage is just that garbage. And what the academics believe. By the way, the new office at the intersection of 520 and 405, basically. Really, you just get off of 405? At 520, pull over. And you're <laughs> right there. So, and then uh, and then that's one day, and I'm doing a class with Rick Gregrick where I'll be talking about the same science of investing, how to create retirement income. That's on the 29th, I believe. We've got another one. Well, of course, no, no, the next. No. Don't mention right. any others. Oh, that's it. Not up He's there. waving me off. That's those it. The folks. Only Time's up. If you're interested in attending <laughs> those classes, go to go to talkingrealmoney.com. Well, no, I was going to mention next Saturday. But click okay, on the no oh, class, oh, but oh, okay. you mean the lunch thing? Yeah, because because we told house. people to go sign up, but Don, you would have had to have been really bright. Don to didn't out. publish the page. You got to actually website. put it on the internet for people to sign up. So for those of you who tried to go online to Talking Real Money and click on the thing right at the top that says future events and then said well there's no event you idiots well yeah that was our fault but now it's there so if you'd like to join us next saturday live broadcast food trucks go see our new office hang out with the vestry staff in case i was hallucinating i should check and make sure it's actually i hope here. it is so yeah uh we're about to have a nuclear war that's one where we've got racial tension in that's charlotte two. and whatever other cities we've got a guy in the white house We've got number four. We have had no rain for 60 days. Right. Yeah. 60 days and 60 nights. The hottest uh, temperatures on record, three consecutive years. I mean, you could go through okay. all the. Pro- there's, I there's was a lot going of national, international. You can go local yeah, with it, okay. too. Because, but what I guess the point is, is there's so much stuff. It seems like. Why oh, do I care? The world right. is coming to an end. Yeah. Now, I want you to remember something really, really important. Think back to one of the most disastrous days in. In our memory, those of us who were alive, um, it wasn't Pearl Harbor because very few people who were at Pearl Harbor are still with us. That's true. In our lives as yeah. baby boomers, the big, big disastrous event was 9-11. That was when the United States okay, was attacked. I'm old enough to remember when John Kennedy was assassinated. I so. think that, but that that, it, that it didn't mean anything to me because I was attack. like five, four years plus, old or whatever. it wasn't yeah. an attack on America. That's you know, true. We've had presidents assassinated yeah. in our history. Mm-hmm. We have a system to survive that, but we were attacked. Yeah, 9-11. That's there fair. Was, there was massive fear, massive fear. So, well, and look what happened to the market. Well, that's the thing. The market went way down. Yeah. But I recall leading right up to the beginning of shock and awe in Iraq that everybody was, the minute the war started, they were sure that the market was going to plummet. Yep. The minute to. the war started. And literally the day the war started, the market went on a tear that did not end until 2008. It went practically straight up from the day it was we a good period Iraq of time. That's true. Until yeah. 2008. Which was January of, of 2001. Yeah. Or, or, no, no, it would no have been 2002. Two. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Okay. 2002. Yeah. Straight up. So here's one of the things you have to remember. In fact, one of the best decades for the stock market in the United States was 45 through 55. Yeah, very, very. Right after the big war. Big increase in equities, yeah. And the, the the economy of the world was demolished. As a matter of fact, stock prices started rising the minute we got involved in the war, even though you know millions were dying, tens of millions. So you must remember that the global economy, and that's that's the way we believe you should invest, with a global How did AAII opinion. stock pickers do 45 to 55, though? I don't even I'm think kidding. they were around back then. I'm kidding. Then. But, I'm kidding. We're being stock pickers. Stop it. Stock pickers stink at what they do. 
I can say that with impunity because they don't have any, any academic studies, any scientific research that backs up an ability to predict the future. You just can't find it. Now, it's all anecdotal. When you give you when you give someone's track record, that's anecdotal in the same way that when someone says we we believe you should not have stocks in your portfolio, right? Individual stocks. We do because they have inherent risk that we don't think you should take on. Anybody ever heard of uh, Washington Mutual? Not anymore. <laughs> no, but you heard of them, right? Yeah. A lot of people had a lot Enron, of money invested in them. WorldCom. I mean, you go through Airlines a long list. Yeah. Oh, no, I think the bigger list is the fact that 50% of publicly traded companies have underperformed cash. That's the bigger one. So here's the thing. We hear from people all the time. We tell them to sell stocks in their portfolio. We tell individual you individual stocks, not stocks. to sell a stock portfolio. You know, so if you own Amazon or if you own Microsoft or you own Apple or you own Boeing or you own whatever it might be, you bet. In your portfolio, we're going to tell you, get it out of your portfolio. Maybe not all at once. you got to take taxes into consideration. But you get it out of there because the risk is too high for the reward. Yes, at times the reward can be significant, but here's the problem. Somebody says, my stock is making. That's one. By the way, the, the I think the bigger one is once you say my, then the trouble starts. Because if you work there or if you've owned it or you've got some sort of emotional connection to it, that generally leads to a bad decision as well. Uh, but then the argument will be, but I work in the plants right. or I, I work yeah. in the fa and I see that sales are through oh, the roof yeah. right now. Again, the key, I'm trying to get to a point about a key word. My stock is up. My company's and sales what they should be are saying. Yeah. Right, what, are what you're up. getting at here is everything should be past tense. My stock was up. Sales were up. We don't know what tomorrow holds with that company or companies. And that please, matter. I need you to think about that for a minute. Think about that. Is there any part of your life that you can say with absolute certainty, I know exactly what is going to happen tomorrow? No. You could say, I expect... But anyone, anyone, anyone here, anyone listening anywhere in the area, anyone listening around the country on the can podcast, say, here's absolutely what will happen. Do you tomorrow. ever remember being surprised that the day just didn't go like you thought it was going to go? Not until about, oh, eight hours ago or so. No. Yeah. Got it. So yeah. what you're saying is past performance is not indicative of future results. And the problem is people hear that so often that they It just becomes it. part of the, it's, it's the billboard noise. you drive by on the way to work that you've seen a thousand times. But Got it. One of the most, there are very few truths. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to do some features next week on yeah, truths. Yeah, you are. Truths there are a very few truths about money, but there are some absolute truths. One of the absolute truths is that what has happened is not going to do a darn thing about what will are not going to be indicative of anything that is going to happen. And so when when you tell us my stock has or my stock is going up or it's been a great year, we're still going to tell you we think you should sell that stock. And, because and, and we're going to tell you that even if we personally think, yeah, it might still be a great year. Indeed, because we still own it, but we just don't own very much of it. Plus, we're smart enough to know that we're not smart enough to know. The things you know you don't know can be very important. Yeah, and we know. We know. And if, you, if you're honest with yourself, you know the exact same thing. We know the future cannot be predicted. Unless you've got the superstar stock pickers. Or you regularly <laughs> wear aluminum foil hats. Or... You read Black Edge, and you're trading the market surreptitiously. Oh, I'm trying to remember which book that was. Which he'll be Black's. doing. Which he'll be doing yeah, again Stephen in January Cohen. for the Inside Baseball. Yeah, sorry. 
It's true. Read the book. I mean, I, I can stay, I can say that with impunity too because if you read the book, it was a pretty good book. clear. Oh, it's a great book. Well, pretty clear that the <clears throat> the guy paid a mammoth fine, but and, he managed to stay in his house. But I the guess company, the key and the part. company pleaded guilty. Yeah. But the company pleaded guilty, but I didn't do anything. No, it wasn't the, me. My company did, but and I've I've admonished them. I've I taken the company out by the woodshed. You want to read the ba- bad people in that industry? I think it's about one chapter that talks about that healthcare stock where he got the phone call and then they did all the stuff, which he didn't tell anybody else in the office. I mean, you you read that and you tell me he wasn't cheating. You and, have to see it. And so. let me just add this: Stephen Cohen, probably in a one-on-one conversation with him, is the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. You know, he's probably charming and, and just so convincing, just like Bernie Madoff was. Everybody who worked with Bernie Madoff personally oh, yeah. loved Bernie Madoff. They wanted to- well, Okay, they, because the office help was making a million dollars a year. I'd love him, too, for that. Well, but even the people that, that gave him money said, he was such a nice guy. How could he do this? Folks, they're all nice guys. Sorry. We're nice guys, but we're not going to tell you we can do things that are magical. Give us a call on Saturdays uh, from uh, noon to 2 Pacific time or 3 to 5 Eastern time or whatever time it is in your time zone at 877-397-5666. It's funny. I'm going to be going to New Zealand next I'm year. I'm laughing. Yeah. And to do the show live, I, I have to get I have to be on at 7 a.m. on Sunday. The day before. The day after. The day I can't after. figure all that out. I know. The date, it's very confusing. Well, um, what was, oh, I was going to tell you. I got a note from my wife during the break. Yes. In the last hour, we were talking about... Bring lunch. ...worrying about the future, about all of these events over which we have, we actually have absolutely no control. We'd like to think we did. Yeah, but we have no control over what the idiot in North Korea does. We have no control over these riots in Charlottesville. Uh, we We just don't have any control over these events, and they worry us, and we worry, what will this do to the stock market? And of course, the... The news media and Uh-oh. all around I'm us are hide guilty. when you say that, but go ahead. On a daily basis. I mean, I heard it last week when the market went down. Well, the market went down because of fears of North Korea. Uh, nobody knows that unless you have interview, I think it's a couple hundred million people who are trading, by the way. So. The market goes up and it goes down, and it doesn't do it for particularly logical reasons. And I'm going to give you an interesting example. I mentioned in the last hour 9-11 and all of the fear that, that followed that, and it was, it was reasonable fear. Yeah. It was a frightening event, and the United States went to war in Iraq. We went in in January of 2002. I don't know that to be right, but I'll take your word for that. Okay. I don't remember the exact date either, but I remember a lot of people calling my my old national show and panicking. Should I get out of the stock market? Should I get out? I said, I I don't know what the—I have no idea what a war is going to do to the stock market. No clue. I, I probably would not have guessed that it would send it right straight up the next day. I don't think that would have been one of my guesses, but I didn't know what it would do. Debbie just sent me a note saying, she said, I remember I had a, she was a stockbroker still while I was on the radio saying stockbrokers were not particularly good to deal with. We had lots of interesting chats about that at home. Uh, She had a client uh, whose son was in the army and was at the front lines in Saudi Arabia. And he, he called his dad and said, dad, I think we're going in tomorrow. Now you sure that's not golf? One instead of Gulf Two, because it sounds more like Gulf Two, because that's we were in Saudi. But anyway, I mean Gulf well, we, One. We were in Saudi in Gulf Two, too. Okay. Yeah, Saudi was Gulf One was Kuwait. But we started out anyway. We we're yeah, not going to get somewhere the wherever yeah. it was. Okay. I don't know. I so don't somebody know. called and said, and "Guess they what?" They said the war is about to start. Yeah. And uh, she sold all the stock she owned. Oh yeah. 
Because she thought it was going to go down. Market's going to go straight down, sure. And uh, you, it went straight up, and yeah. it went straight up for eight years almost. <laughs> so when you get back in, that's the other eight question. Eight years. Yeah. Long that's time. the other, and that's the question yeah. right now. We still talk to people yep. who said, I got out after the market went down in 2008. Yep, waiting. And I'm still waiting for it to go down again to get back in. Uh, what are you waiting for? They don't ring a bell. I, I honestly don't know what people are, are are waiting for. There is no sign that it's time to get back in. You're not going to know. So if you don't know, then why not build a portfolio for not knowing? The not know portfolio. Oh, it's incredible. The know nothing portfolio. The no, <laughs> no nothing like the old know nothing party. Yeah, exactly. In the 1800s. Oh, yeah. The no. Yeah. We build the know nothing portfolio because I don't like the branding on that, but I'll let you go with it. We know nothing about the future. That was bad English, but on purpose. We all want to get into retirement, not just comfortably, but uh, really, really, we want to. There are things we want to do. I I can't think of what the word is. Well, actually, the and and more difficult than that in some ways is when you read these stories. One this week uh, talking about how many people are working past sixty-five. In the old days, you got sixty-five, you got the watch, you got whatever, you got a pension sent on your way, and of course, pensions fewer of them. Uh, people sometimes haven't saved enough, many times haven't saved enough. So it's out of economic necessity that the number of people working beyond 65 is growing. Sometimes I think it's actually a an understatement. I don't, I, the numbers I see show that the majority of the country has not saved enough to retire. Yeah, that's true. Even, even securely, much less very comfortably. And that's a real problem. And, and we run into a lot of people who are in their 50s, 60s, yep. and you look at their portfolio and you go, well, you got to make some changes. Well, and not just change it, but here's here's the thing I see more often than that, because some of you are listening and you think, I'm not going to call because I don't have very much money. Or some of you don't want it. People don't want to sort of say, okay, here I am today. I messed up. I messed up. Uh, and so my advice to anybody who's sort of starting late is, like going to the doctor. I don't feel well. Eventually, you got to say, I'm going to go find out what the diagnosis is. Same thing with your finances. People put it off. I'll do that next year. No, actually do it. Number two is oftentimes people start saving even though they have debt that they're paying double digits and interest rates on. That really doesn't make sense because unless you've got the super stock pickers from AAII, you're unlikely to make double digits. That was my no, I got facetious. that. I, no, no, uh, and you, but you're right, and and that, that's the mentality is I can I can invest and make more money than I'm paying on my debt. I, I'm telling you, if unless you're paying four percent or less on your debt, yeah, there is no high degree of certainty that you're going to beat that kind of cost, and you need to do that. So, well, and there's another one I you see. You need to prioritize. Yeah, here's another saying. one I see because people oftentimes don't pay attention to it. That is, they're working, they don't understand the retirement plan that they're working in so oftentimes they don't even save up to the match that the employer provides every year boeing provides the number it's like a hundred million dollars a year that people leave on the table they never get so at least get the free money from your employer in other words that's money boeing is willing to give away that's it they're they gonna have psh- it in an account yep. that says we earmark this to give to you guys but you, but gotta, you gotta do something yep. yeah and people they don't they don't do it and I guess the other part is, uh, goes back to when we started the show, know how your money's invested. Know what you're paying. Know all those things because many of you do not. 
Again, we met with somebody Again, this week. I want to go oh, back I don't know and make why. that an even stronger term. Okay. I believe most of you, even if you claim you know what you have in your portfolio, I would be willing. I'll 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 put money on the table that How you much? can't I answer. Only have a dollar. You can't answer. I'd win on this if, in <laughs> aggregate. That you can't answer a few simple questions like. How much do you have in stocks versus fixed income? Oh, almost no. But there's been one person I ever met that knew that down to the percentage, by the way. And there's no chance you're going to know. How much do I have in By growth? the way, I don't think I know mine today either because the market's fluctuated in the last well, six months. Well, but you months, know so. roughly where I do. it is. Yes, you, true. You know ballpark. You know, That's I'm true. not asking for the exact number. Yes. I, I'm within 10%. Okay. Do you do you do, are you shooting for a 70-30 portfolio? Seventy percent in stocks, thirty percent in right, bonds, or a thirty seventy yep. portfolio, thirty percent stocks. 70. Makes sense. Most people don't know that. No, they, they don't. don't know if they have anything. In fact, I'd be willing to bet most people don't have any money consciously invested in international stocks. Notice I say consciously because they might accidentally yeah. have some in a. Mutual they wouldn't fund. go out and try to do it. No, it's too risky. Ooh. I don't trust those other. Countries. And yet, that same person who says buying a broadly diversified portfolio of international stocks is too risky will have 25% of their portfolio in their company stock. But they know that company. I know the CEO. Sales are going up. The future is bright. All, all but the upper level management of any of those companies, <laughs> I doubt, knows the really CEO. Knows, yeah. They may have seen them once in a meeting in a giant yeah. auditorium. Or saw them on TV or something. Sure. Okay, and then I know Jeff Bezos. You very well. <laughs> I know I know Bill Gates. I, I, I know these guys. I know Tim Cook. Yeah, true. I watch his keynotes. I know him. There you go. And by the way, I think Apple is going to do well. Do I own any of their stock? No. Well, I do. Wait a minute. You own Apple. Everybody. but okay. Not everybody. Everybody should own yeah. some Apple. If you own the S&P 500, you own a lot of Apple. Yeah. yeah. So. But I, what am I trying to say? When I'm trying I, to get to the point here. Well, the point. There's a point. You it makes it more to, interesting gotta, for the listener. You got to start by knowing. That's the first step. You need to figure out where you are when before most people, you can most get people, to where you need to be. They either don't do it because, as they're we said, like, well, they're afraid to know, or the default is I trust my guy who's been my guy for a long time, or I don't really want to know because it's going to be painful. And we mean my guy in a generic guys I'm and pardon gals, me, guys my and gals, person. Yeah, I stand corrected. Of, uh, yeah, I didn't mean that. See. Not gender-based, my just, financial person. In Seattle, I'm trying All to right. take care well, of I, you. And I appreciate trying it. Trying to protect you a little bit. Uh, but you can, I guess the point is, you're 55 years old. You've got less than $100,000 yep. saved for retirement. I'm using you as an example. You know who you are. Uh, you still can get to where you need to be. Oh, definitely. That's the thing. Is people think, oh, it's hopeless. It's, now. No, I'm not going to bother. I'll I'm work. Not bother. Or they tell us, I'll work till I die. You, which you might, you might not, because a lot of you may face a disability. A lot of you may be in a workplace where they might say, you know, we love you, but you're uh, not you can't firing get, on all cylinders anymore. Yeah, you anymore. can't quite get the job. I'm well, not, not not pointing fingers here either. By the way, like if I but, was working in a warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be one retired from by there now. to there. Exactly. I'd be I'd be carrying like the eight ounce packages. I, I can get that one over there. We have he, we have for for our the lifting in our office the mutual funds. We have people. We have young people for that that lift and lift carry the funds. funds. Oh yeah. yeah, the young guys and the new mugs. Young gals. The new mugs too. Oh, the, the mugs are amazing. I love the for mugs. Our big event next week. Not our mugs. The mugs that you hold the coffee new in. Mugs, yeah, they're yeah. they're really good. I think I. 
extremely oh, enthusiastic about and, that. And there are new T-shirts to match there are the new mugs. There are T-shirts, there are mugs. And I wanted to let people know that if you come to the open house next we, week. This is the last time we're going to talk about it because it's yeah, a week from today. If you come to the open house next week at our new offices, uh, we're going to have drawings for shirts and mugs. For, for everybody attending. So we're we going to ask like a like a question? We're, we're going to do that. We're going to do okay. it for callers, too. Oh, okay. So callers will be able to participate to wow. win prizes. Okay. But so it's more fun to come because, prizing, well, because prizing. we've got win prizes. <laughs> I, I would say something, but I'm not. So but we're gonna, it's going to be not, a big day. We've got food trucks there. You get to see the new office. It's going to be fun. This is a tough question for you. See if you can guess it. <laughs> what is your, What is my least favorite financial publication and i'll use the word publication wow loosely mm. because it applies to websites and my my least favorite mainstream money media source this is not rehearsed obviously no, this is not rehearsed wow uh what do you think because i was gonna say like barons or something but no, yeah, they don't really care yeah. and i was gonna say maybe money magazine but you don't really read no, money magazine really read so you no, don't see no, that no, no, no. Uh, what's the one what's the one they have a the, they have some writers who just market watch rub right, me the wrong way yeah okay the headline. Mark, I don't know if anybody's reading that anymore, by the way. You might be giving them a great promotion here. So. I, I, I kind of hope not because the headline. This is the headline. This is the news headline. Yes. Tell me the if grabber. There is a, tell me if there's any bias in this. Is there any bias in this headline, in their perspective? North Korea may not be the biggest worry for this ailing stock market. <laughs> wow. That's... That Where pretty did much they get ailing from? <laughs> yeah, because it went down by one percent last week. That's why the the major indexes uh, had a bad week. And this guy, here we go. Here's another one. This is their lead story. Yeah, of course it Six is. Six reasons why this sell-off is just getting started. When did it start? It started Wednesday. But it went back up Thursday. Th- I mean, no, I Friday. Guess, actually, Thursday. Yeah, Friday. Yeah, recovered. Friday went back up. I think we had four down days in a row. Oh, that's why. so that makes a trend. Oh, okay, here's and... here's his. I love this. You can have fun with some of these. All right. <laughs> First one. August is the cruelest month, but September and October aren't great either. Now, I didn't know T.S. Eliot was a great stock picker or market timer, but OK, good to hear. Because something has happened in the past, there is this natural assumption well, the whole notion that you sell in May and go away, right? I yeah. mean, you wait the summer out because nobody's trading in the summer. Nobody cares. We're off at the beach, and we'll see you in September. Right. His second one, and he's trying to be so cute with this Well, yeah, little... like August is the yeah. cruelest month. Hello is margin. Do you know what that one means? <laughs> I do not. That was a good one, isn't it? He's talking about margin debt. Oh, is margin. Oh, okay. People are yeah. borrowing a lot of money to buy stocks. And that that could cause the market to fall. Now, again, let's put that in perspective. The margin debt in the in the in the market over the past thirty years has been a fraction of what it's been in the past. Yeah. The the crash of nineteen twenty nine. Oh. When that happened, ninety percent of the money on Wall Street was borrowed, was borrowed yeah, money. Right, yeah. It's nowhere near that. It's people are the, jumping out of reasons for good reason, or good, jumping out of windows for good reason. It, it's yeah. it, sometimes in the single digits or the low double digits, but it's not ninety percent. And then I don't even, I don't, I don't even get where he comes up with one of this stuff. He says that market inter, internals are crumbling because there are divergences. <laughs> what? Wait, not everything's going up and down exactly together. Is that what he's trying to say? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Because. Uh, if most stocks or groups are moving higher, 
as narrower indexes like the S&P 500 march ahead. There's no divergence. But when a narrow index, they're calling the S&P 500 a narrow index. Yes, very narrow. The 500 S&P, stocks. The, the, yeah. the Dow is narrow. When a narrow index continues higher with few stocks participating, that's not good. How does he know this? And, and this is the head. This is the big this story. This is the big yeah. story. This is the big this story. This is what we call. And then, wait. Yes. I have the best. Okay, we're going to keep that. Oh my gosh! This one you will never believe that he actually uses this for an argument that stocks are going to go down. This is the dumbest thing I have ever read in a column. I'm telling you, I, I've read some dumb stuff. We're going to share that with you in a bit. Tom and Don are talking real money. We hope you're enjoying one of the more unique podcasts out there, but we want to remind you that there are other tools we offer to help you get educated about what we call real investing. We publish Real Investing Journal both as a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. You can check those out at realinvestingjournal.com. Then we offer classes, most of which are in the Seattle area, but now we've got a couple of the classes that we taught at RetireMeet online for free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com, click on the video link. And finally, we rarely mention it, but we also manage wealth for hundreds of folks and well over a third of a million dollars through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestry. We manage money just as we talk about it. We always put our clients first, our fees are low, and we educate you on a regular basis. Go to Vestry.com to learn more, and you can take our free no-obligation risk quiz to understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestry.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. One of my... Least favorite publications is one it's called. It's not really Market a publication. It's, it's an it's online publication. Yeah, it's, okay, it's still published. I guess the line. You don't have to have paper. There's no That's paper, true. but you can right. still publish. the The lead article this morning was by a guy named Michael Brush, who they call a columnist. <laughs> uh, Michael uh, said that the stock market is ailing, and there are six reasons why the sell off is just getting started. At the beginning of his article, this just tells you. It's not Go easy on those, yeah. Uh, this just tells you how bad the article might be. He quotes Doug Ramsey, who's the chief investment officer of the Lutold Group, as saying, I think this is a correction that's not over. One, I didn't even know we had a correction. So correction, technically, 10, I believe, is a decline of 10%, 10%. from yeah. a previous high. Have we high. had that yet? No. no. Okay. So the correction literally hasn't started. It's not only no. not over, it's never started. <laughs> but I just want a little aside about the Lutold Group. They've been around yes, for a long, a long time. time. Yeah, they long have. long yep. time. The Lutold Group in 1976 put out a poster that they distributed to every brokerage firm in America. Very famous poster. Jack Bogle from Vanguard knows all about this poster. The poster said, help stamp out index funds. Index funds are un-American. Yes, it's very, I think, I saw a picture of it. Maybe you had the picture of it. I did. That's right. In our our presentation. That's right, yeah. Yeah, uh, these guys are, uh, you know, I I I don't know if idiots is fair, but you know they they they've been on the wrong side of history apparently over and over and over again. But anyway, so he goes through all these reasons yes, why. And six why reasons. he's stretching to find six you reasons think? when he gets to this one. <laughs> Ready? His title for this is Unlucky Seven. Okay. Over the I'm ready. This is weird. Over the past 100 years, 
during years ending in seven. The market has almost always been a train wreck during the late summer and fall, points out Ramsey at the Lutold Group. This is the guy who said index funds will... No one's ever going to buy those. They're un-American. Uh, because they're low cost. Yeah, he said, <laughs> we wouldn't vacate the stock market based on this pattern alone, but, but at the very least, it's a sign you should be more cautious. What, is it a sign from God? Well, you should, and by is the way, with your, stocks, you should always, your, stocks, you should always be cautious. They're risky. But yeah, when no. the sun enters Aquarius, you should probably be, I just made that up. <laughs> okay. I have no idea. I don't even uh, know if the sun enters Aquarius. Don't read the column and don't go to that website. But this just tells you how stupid people are. Well, we got we got a, we got an email from somebody who's pretty smart. Oh, cool! Because you had earlier email. said there's nobody that no, knows what's going to happen. No. To, yeah, no, nobody knows. No. Well, it turns out Ray from Tacoma he got a pretty good handle on this. All right, Ray. Yeah. What? Uh, he's, he says. By the way, the subject line is always a great show. So thank you for writing us, Ray. Ed, Ray, and thank you for saying that. Somebody thinks so. Yeah. Um, He says he can predict the future. Yeah, go ahead, Ray. He predicts on August 12th, which I believe is tomorrow, the sun will rise and set. Wait, but... It might not. I was going to say, the sun could blow up tonight. I hope it doesn't, but We wouldn't know it until it came around tomorrow and didn't show up. He also says he can predict the market will be closed. Yes. Because it's a Sunday. He is 100% right about that. And he says he'll predict people will be buying and selling on August 13th. Which is Monday. Again, as long as the sun yeah. rises. And he says he predicts people will still not take our, as he puts it, great advice. Uh, <laughs> we'll still panic and buy high and sell low, and he listens every Saturday. So there you go. Well, okay. I, a few I, things I, I give him a very high score on yeah. the market won't be open tomorrow. Good. That's a great prediction. Yep. And on the last one that people won't listen. No, a okay, lot of no, people won't listen. Uh, but uh, more and more are. I know, but the still numbers, a lot won't, and they know. Uh, they, deep down inside, way down deep. They know what we're saying is right. Deep inside, you know he's right like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, okay. Some do and some don't because they've got a friend or they've got somebody they like that tells them, but even, don't settle even for then, index a, there's funds. There's a nagging little voice in okay. their head going, can, can and they so, really And when you're feeling future? sorry for yourself, remember that really when we started with this message over 20 years ago, it was about one out of every $25 with stocks was invested this way right today depending on which number you believe it's about one out of every three about a third yeah and the numbers the last decade oh oh, there have been billions of dollars moving out of what we call actively managed stock picking strategies into indexes despite what the poster told you so the trend if you're doing it this way is your friend you mean the lutold group was wrong they're still. I didn't know they were even still around. Oh yeah, they're out there still trying to predict the future yeah. and doing it really badly. I mean, come on, to come out in print and say this correction has is not over <laughs> when it hasn't even started. Tom and Don are talking real money. Quick break. In addition to our Talking Real Money podcast, we have a few other tools to help you gain a better understanding of the concept of real investing. Of course, there's Real Investing Journal. That's offered in both a free online version and in an inexpensive printed magazine. Explore both those options at realinvestingjournal.com, realinvestingjournal.com. Then we teach classes. We offer most of our live classes in the Seattle area because that's where most of our offices are, but most of you live elsewhere. That's why we're now offering the same classes that Tom and I taught at RetireMeet online right now, free at TalkingRealMoney.com under the video link. Just go to TalkingRealMoney.com and then click on the video link. You'll see them right there. 
Finally, we also manage the wealth or the budding wealth of hundreds of folks like you through our fee-only 100% fiduciary investment advisory firm, Vestory. You'll find our approach is consistent with the message we've been sharing for decades. We always put our clients' needs first, our fees are among the lowest of any non-robo-advisor, and constant education is one of our core values. Visit Vestry.com for more information on our firm and to take our free no-obligation risk quiz to better understand the level of investment volatility you can tolerate. That's Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Now, you mentioned earlier, you're talking about my least favorite financial publications. And you I knew, I'm glad I remembered that. So You mentioned Money Magazine because yeah. it has some good stuff once it in a does, while. And yeah. it's funny you should mention that because it does. There was one article that I thought was kind of interesting And recently. that's usually the ratio. It's usually one yeah. out of the 20 It's or an 30. article called The 19 Secrets Your Millionaire Neighbor Won't Tell You. The Millionaire Next Door kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the funny thing is, is that a lot of us now have millionaire next door neighbors. Yeah. Because it's not a million ain't what it used to it, be. I, I find it fascinating if you ask people, they think a million's a lot of money, but they thought a million was a lot of money in 1965. Right. And it's not quite, yeah, as you it, said, well, it's worth as much. But, you know, maybe they're a couple of millionaire now, you know, which makes still more makes sense. you modest. Yeah. Uh, of modest means, but they had some very interesting things, and some of them are you know, so pedestrian. I'm not even going to mention them about paying off debt and all of that. You know, financial freedom is a state of. There's mind. another show you can listen to for that, uh, but, not on this channel. But I love this. Your millionaire neighbor next door understands that money is like a toddler; it is incapable of managing itself. You cannot expect your money to grow and mature as it should without some form of credible money management. Now, I really now that said it very well. Yeah, right. People sit around and just go, "Ah, my money will manage. It'll it's take okay. care of it. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it alone." And you It'll don't do fine. that with your nine month old. No. Yeah. No. So it's like a toddler. You need to have some help, and the help you get should be help based on some sort of solid academic that's where the trouble gets into right. because it <laughs> everybody needs help but where do you get the help and is it help and, and i love sharing this number with you according to market watch that other publication they actually did a little study they just it was simple math they looked at all the people who were licensed financial advisors registered reps people who sold insurance investments and registered investment advisors they looked at all of those and they determined how many were strictly registered investment advisors. They didn't do they any have a product sales. Legal requirement to put your interests ahead of their own. Of all of those people, and there are tons of them who claim I am looking out for your best interest. You'll see it on their websites. We're a fiduciary. Of Sometimes. One point one million financial advisors in America, one point one million, only eleven thousand or one percent are always required to act in your best interest. Those are the people you need. Nobody nobody understands that. I'm very few people. It's really easy. It's, Let's do it again. Yeah, okay. Okay. No, not the number. No, no very no, few no. people understand. What what eh. fiduciary means? It's fiduciary yeah. is a weird word. It is. But it really means just doing what's best for you, not them. But no, most people believe that their financial advisor is doing that. But they're wrong. Yeah. Well, because also because it's become a marketing thing. You tell people we're fiduciary. Well, but at this moment, tomorrow we might not they're be. They're wrong. A yeah. friend of mine sent me a note last week saying, I'm talking to an investment person. What questions should I ask? 
And I went, oh, I know. So I said, go to Talking Real Money. Get the form. Download the investment inter- the investment advisor interview form. And on there, it says specifically, are you always, always yeah. required to act in my best interest? You may go to the website of one of these hacks on the radio on some of these other stations, <laughs> and they are utter hacks. Uh, and go to their website and it says, we're a fiduciary. No, 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 no. Because I have I have gone into every one of their websites and only, if I remember correctly, out of was... all of the shows in the Seattle area, I may be wrong by one or two, but not including us, because we are always required to act as a fiduciary with our clients. There was only one other that was always required to act as a fiduciary. 24-7. 24-7. The rest of them could be a fiduciary in one minute and not the next. And as a matter of fact, if you come to one of my upcoming classes, I do now officially have the fiduciary, non-fiduciary hats that I'm going to debut for the very first oh, time. Oh, I saw them. You're going to be able to, I, I'm going to. Which I'm one gonna, do I get to wear? I'm going to put them online so that you can order them. Oh, I didn't know you're doing that. I am. I'm going to put them <laughs> online so you can order them wow. and take them into your broker, your investment person and say, <laughs> just because, just for clarity. When you're acting as a fiduciary, would you put on the green hat? And when you're selling me some garbage, would you put on the red hat? Are these going to be a major source of revenue in the second half of this year? I'm thinking not. Okay. I was hoping. But But if I sold two, I'd be doing cartwheels. So are you giving some away next Saturday? I only have two. Oh, okay. No, I'm keeping those for classes. I see. Wear it sometimes. It's a visual aid. We laugh about it, but but the reality is it it is because it ends up costing people a lot of money. A lot of you listening today. Well, and and I was going to give the example. Here's a great example of the difference between a fiduciary advisor and a non-fiduciary advisor. It's a really simple example. You have two hypothetical funds. These two funds own the exact same portfolio of stocks. They bought the exact same portfolio at the same time. They trade them. They copy each other. They do yep. the exact same thing all the time. I don't know that. In, well, there might be S&P 500 funds that do that, but they do the exact same thing. Well, there are S&P 500 they funds. Are. They are. If they have to follow the index, they follow the index. One of the funds has a 5% upfront commission yep. and annual fees of 1% per year. The other fund has a 0% upfront commission, no rearing commission, and fees of a quarter of a point per year. Which, that, that those situations exist. If you are a fiduciary advisor, you are required by law to show both funds to the client. Yep. Or, or only the one that's in their best interest. A non-fiduciary advisor, a suitability advisor, is not required to show you the cheaper fund. They're not even required to let you know that such a thing exists in the marketplace. And you, if you aren't somebody who pays attention to the industry, probably Which don't is know. Which is the bulk of you. Yeah, you don't know. So, yeah, it's sad. That's how you deli- – that, really, that that's the – for those who don't understand the whole concept of fiduciary, that's what it is. Are they required to do what's best for you? And we have one and a half minutes to get Bob in, our one caller Bob, for the go. hour. Bob, Bob, we have one and a half minutes. Hurry. Hey, well, you guys scared the heck out of me. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you had a parting comment saying that don't buy a house unless you absolutely have to. you got a family, yada, yada, yada. Well, I'm in the Seattle King County market, and I'm looking at buying because I love Seattle, want to stay here, want to grow roots. That's the reason. No, that's the right reason. Okay. That's it's no, a no, lifestyle no. decision. Yeah, we so. said it was a lifestyle decision. Buy a house because okay. you want a house. You yep. want to own it. You want to stay there for a long time. You want to invest in it. They are not good investments, particularly condos. Well, they, okay, they're condos not. Have there's been other terrible investments. There are places. There's things you could have invested in that would have made you more. No. 
condos, generally speaking. Oh, no, speaking, I'm, I'm speaking real estate in general. No, yeah, but if you talk about condos. Oh, yeah, let's not yeah, go there. We don't want to talk about yeah, your condo. I'm really not looking at this as, you know, I'm not looking at it really as an investment. I don't want to lose money, obviously, right. but the condo, I want to stay close to the city. Yep. I live in West Seattle right now, uh, a, a North Admiral, where you know six hundred thousand dollars gets you a shanty. Where I can buy a brand new condo in South Park, for example, yep. and I can get in that brand new for four sixty-seven with a VA loan. I'm that, looking to grow roots. Be close, Bob. To the that is the the best. Uh, that is the best reason to buy a house. That is the one reason that I think is totally sensible. It's a lifestyle reason. But don't buy them as an investment, and you're not. So good luck. Enjoy the new place. Tom and Don are talking real money. And all of that scientific stuff that we talked about, we share with you in classes that we do on a pretty regular basis. And we've got a couple coming up. We've got a Lunch Ed, which is a one-hour class. It's a quick study on the science of retirement investing. That's coming up on the 23rd of August. And then on the 29th, Tom is doing an event with uh, Rick Gregorick, an attorney, on saving for retirement, building a portfolio, and avoiding all those problems in retirement. You can sign up for all this, plus our open house next week, which is going to be awesome. Check it out at TalkingRealMoney.com, TalkingRealMoney.com. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.